My next guest is a management consultant, executive coach, TEDx speaker, and contributor to Harvard Business Review and Forbes. Please welcome Liz Kislik. Welcome to the Powerful Female Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Patricia Bourgeois, Certified Business Coach. I am here to help you up-level, generate consistent wealth, increase your confidence, attract dream clients, and master your mindset so that you can fully own your power and achieve next-level results in your online business and beyond. Every week, a powerful conversation will take place with amazing guests, or I'll share from my experience to help inspire you to start and scale the business of your dreams while being powerfully you. The time has come to stop playing small, stop hiding, and stop waiting. Now is the perfect time for you to passionately pursue your heart's desire as the powerful leader you were born to be. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Powerful Female Leaders Podcast. I am here today with Liz. Hello. (laughs) Hi, Anna. I'm happy to be with you. I'm so happy to chat. Thank you so much for doing this. Feel free to take us on this journey and share with us who you are, what you do, and what got you into what it is that you do. I am a management consultant and executive coach, and I've had my practice for you know, it will be 35 years in December. Wow. I know, long time. (laughs) Um, And I also am a frequent contributor to both the Harvard Business Review and to Forbes. And I work with all kinds of organizations, large and small. Um, Probably what I like best seems unfair to say this is sort of like, which of your kids do you like better? (laughs) Um, I really, really like working with family businesses Mm -hmm. uh, because I appreciate some of the nuances there and also some of the craziness. And um, I like working with nonprofits. I like where I can see that it makes a difference to the people and what they can accomplish. So that's also true in for-profit businesses, but often there's a lot more love in family businesses and in nonprofits. That's just how it seems to me. Mm, I love that. So tell us more about, because I know your TEDx talk has almost half a million views and it's just so amazing. So tell us more about that talk that you gave and and why is, is talking about conflict like really important to you? That was a really, really scary experience Mm -hmm. because to do a TEDx, you have to memorize it. Mm. Or at least that's really, you know, what the drill is. You're supposed to memorize it. And I hadn't memorized anything since college. And I don't consider that kind of thing my strength. So I can come up with something on my feet if I need to, but to actually prepare something 100% completely and memorize it, Mm. that was hard for me. I was scared the whole time. Um, And it was a very funny experience because TEDx's are volunteer led and they're 
done all over the world. Mm -hmm. But this is one of the only ones that was actually produced by high school students. Oh, wow. Yeah. So first of all, they were phenomenal. It was unbelievable what they were able to pull off. But there were certain things that went awry. And one of the things that happened, for example, was the guy who introduced me forgot to give me the remote. No. And, you know, so I walk out on stage and I realize, oh, my God, I have no remote. And um, I had to make the decision then, do I ask for the remote and wait for it to come? And, you know, I'm standing there on stage like a, I don't know, a wet noodle. (laughs) Or do I get going now and then riff if I need to in the middle. And I just went for it. And of course, in the editing, we cut that part out. You know, it was all, it was survivable and they got the slides screwed up. It was all crazy, but it came out fine. So why is it important to me talking about conflict? I don't like conflict myself in my own life. Yeah. <laughs> um, very few people actually do. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm more avoidant than most people, but I I don't like conflict on my own behalf, although I'll step up on somebody else's behalf. But Mm. it is so obvious that we slow stuff down, we get in our own way. Work, which is something I care about Mm. tremendously, doesn't get accomplished properly if people are in conflict and not communicating well with each other. Mm. that's something I care about tremendously. So it was just the subject that I chose to talk about. And in most of my work, whether it's my blogs or my articles or what I do with clients, I try to be very plain spoken and to Mm. make sure that by the time you've come to the end of the article or the end of the TEDx or whatever it is, you know that there's something you can do. I don't want to be just conceptual, you know, I want it to be real so people can use it. Exactly. You want to make sure that it's valuable and that they can take away some practical things that they can apply, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. So, yeah. So can you talk to us more about how to resolve the conflicts? So the first thing is to take a look at why the conflict is happening. Mm -hmm. Because it's like almost anything else, you know, if you go at it with blunt force Mm -hmm. without really knowing what the exact spot is to hit Mm. or that you'd be better off with a screwdriver than a hammer, (laughs) you can break the whole situation. So um, it's really worth not flying off the handle or just reacting. Uh, And the first thing is to sort of step back and try to figure out the different people who are in the conflict and what parts they are playing in the conflict, which might be different from what their actual jobs are. You know, like sometimes there's an Mm. instigator and sometimes there's somebody who's conflict avoidant and sometimes there's somebody who speaks for other people but not for themselves and sometimes there's somebody who's passive aggressive. It's like figuring out what's going on in the conflict in terms of the roles. Mm. And then the other thing 
is to figure out what the structural parts of the conflict are as opposed to the interpersonal parts. Because what you see very often in all kinds of coaching and training mm -hmm. is the suggestion to speak more respectfully, to listen more, to be more kind, to give the other person the benefit of the doubt. All these things are true. The interpersonal aspects are very important. And in fact, um, I have a free ebook on my website that folks in the audience can get if they want, that is all about how to deal with the interpersonal aspects of conflict. Mm. But if you only deal with the interpersonal aspects, sometimes the real problem is not the conversations or even the relationship between the people who are currently involved. But in the workplace, it is often the result of structures and systems and processes and procedures that could have been around for 30 years. Mm. Yeah. But they're unaddressed. And people don't realize that it's those structures that are setting up the situation that makes it painful between the people. Yes. And when you can fix the situation, that's much better. So let me just give a sort of simplistic explanation <laughs> that everybody will get. Say you have conflict between the marketing department and the production or operations department because the marketing department or the sales department, they're trying to convince customers that the product we've got is fantastic, will solve all their problems, is always reliable, beautiful, brilliant, etc. In production, you know how it really works, what it really can do, and if it really works the way they're selling it. Mm. Or you know that maybe it's being overpromised a little bit. But the salespeople might be compensated and rewarded for selling more, no matter how they get the sales. Mm. This happens in some places, hopefully not in anybody who's listening, but it does happen <laughs> in a lot of places. And yeah. for the production or operations team, their job is to actually make sure that the product is reliable for the thing it is supposed to do not necessarily what it's being sold for. And they get compensated for being efficient, for spending less money, etc. So the goals of the people in the two departments are actually different. Mm. And so, of course, they may often be annoyed at each other because it's like they're coming from two different tribal cultures and they speak different language and they care about different things. <laughs> Even if they're wonderful human beings, all of them. And that's structural. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And and what about, you know, solopreneurs and, and women in business who are running their own show and the conflict is actually with their clients? That can happen a lot, too. So this is really tough because, you know, when it's your client, mm -hmm. you want to please on the assumption mm. that pleasing will encourage them to give you more business. And you can be in conflict for all kinds of reasons. And 
This is very tough when you consider your financial survival to be dependent on these other people you're in conflict with. Mm. And sometimes the conflict happens because there are unfortunately um, clients who, not mine, but there are clients who may try to take advantage or who are sloppy about information or responding when you have questions or, you know, there are all varieties of things. Sometimes the conflict happens because they think they can push you around and you don't want to be pushed around. And then you have to decide if you're going to swallow it or if you're going to speak about it. The first thing I think is always, you know, consider your survival. (laughs) (laughs) And if you have to pay your rent, you may have to put up with them this time. Mm. But maybe you don't renew with them. That's one way of looking at it. A second thing is to think about how you could say Mm -hmm. something that shows I'm very happy to work with you. I value our relationship and your business. It will help me help you if you approach this situation in the following way, by giving me this information, by pausing for a moment because you, dear valued client, sound so upset that you're not being your regular you know, reasonable, respectful self. Mm -hmm. So do you want to take five minutes, get a glass of water, and then we'll pick up again? Mm. You must be having a hard day. Is there anything I can do to help you with that? So being kind about it, but giving them a chance to reconsider how they want to be speaking. Or if they're pushing you, you know, like, oh, we need this three days earlier than we told you. Or we told you we needed it three days earlier, which they didn't really do. <laughs> or, you know, these things, these are the things that happen. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes it's worth saying, yes, I'll do it for you three days earlier. I want you to recognize, though, that I'm doing this because I care about the relationship. It is not what you had previously specified, but I will get it done for you. Mm. So making it clear that you're willing, but not just swallowing the fact that there's something going on. Because if you let yourself be taken advantage of, it is very likely to happen again. Mm, yes I feel like this is something that a lot of women entrepreneurs like they struggle with this it's like where do I draw the line where do I enforce my boundaries how do I not let my emotions control this conversation right now so I love that you said that so good it's really hard Mm -hmm. because there are some clients who don't know how to behave For whatever reason, you don't know if it's their childhood, you don't know if they had a bad boss who behaved badly (laughs) and they, you know, you don't know. And many of them can, in fact, learn to behave better. Mm -hmm. But it comes down to exactly what you said. It's about boundaries. Yeah. And we all have to choose where our boundary is. Totally. 
if you have a long-standing relationship and you've, you know, worked well together in the past and this one time they're treating you in some squirrely way, <laughs> it might be okay to mm-hmm. suck it up. And then once the project deadline is passed, to ask them about it. Mm. You know? Yeah. It, the thing is the thing is not to put yourself in a space where you effectively become a victim. Mm. Yes. Oh, this is so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I feel like like we should create more awareness around this and I'm glad that we're doing it. And yeah, I love this so much. So I ask this to everyone who comes on the show and I'm really curious to know your answer. For you, what does it mean to be a powerful leader? I think there are a bunch of factors. The first thing is that a leader needs to be Mm self-aware. Because if you are not aware, how can you have power over yourself? If you don't know what your reactions are, you're not in charge of yourself. And that's really the second thing, which is to be what's called Mm self-regulating which means you can manage yourself even when you're under duress. Mm. You know how not to overreact. You're not subject or you are, you can deal with your fight flight impulses mm-hmm. and you can deal with whatever's in front of you. That's really crucial because weird stuff happens all the time. Yeah. <laughs> right. So to be self-aware and self-regulating in charge of yourself, Mm -hmm. that's the first thing. But the second thing has to do with the relationships you have with the people on your team. Mm. And that's about understanding them and their needs, understanding their capacities, and having compassion for them in whatever is going on. Because if you don't care about them, they can't give you as much. They actually can't give you as much. So your care for them helps them deliver better. Those are very human aspects. But then there's this whole other piece, which is about having a clear idea of what the work is, what the mission is, what the goal is, what your values are in reaching it, and being able to communicate those clearly to the people on your team so that they understand what you expect from them and how to go about delivering. Mm. That doesn't mean you have to know exactly what happens next. You know, sometimes you're doing a new project, you've never done it before, you don't really know. But you know the general trajectory or you Mm. know the kind of outcome you want. And you might say, folks, this is new. We're trying new things. This is planned experimentation. Don't worry if stuff goes wrong. Here's how we're going to go about it. That's still knowing what you need to do and taking them with you. The whole point of leadership, you cannot be a leader alone. I mean, you can be a leader of yourself, but you you can't be a leader alone. So it's really about the other people. Oh, so good. You're amazing. So do you have, you know, any last piece of wisdom that you'd like to share with the audience today? 
Yes, this is something I actually talk about quite frequently. And that's that there's always something you can do. Mm. No matter how tough the situation is that you find yourself in, even if the something is saying, I have to wait now till a better moment to take action or until I understand better. But knowing that you are choosing to do that can help you not feel either helpless because you don't know what to do or hopeless because you're afraid nothing will work. Mm. There's always something to do, even if it's getting advice from somebody else. Yes. So yeah, like I love this mindset. I love this perspective. It's so refreshing. So yeah, like really dig deep inside of you and find what that thing is and move forward. (laughs) Exactly right. And, you know, there are very few failures that are so bad you can't come back again. Mm, Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Love it. So Liz, let us know, like, where can people find you, follow you, connect with you, learn more about you and your services? Thank you, Anna. That's very kind. Mm -hmm. Um, So the best place is probably my website, uh, which is LizKislik.com. That's L-I-Z-K-I-S as in Sam, L-I-K.com. And there, there's so much material that people can use. There's, there's the TEDx that you talked mm-hmm. about. Um, there's also, I don't know, 10 or 12 years of blogs and articles wow. um, and the ebook that I talked about. And my, I have a monthly newsletter, a weekly blog, huge amounts of content. Mm-hmm. They can also find me, of course, on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Love it. So yeah, go follow Liz. She's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. A great conversation. I enjoyed it very much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Powerful Female Leaders Podcast. If you love this episode, make sure to spread the message, leave a review and subscribe. I would forever be grateful for you. I also want to hear from you and I want to know your feedback and your questions for future episodes. So don't be shy, say hi and send me a message at Powerful Female Leaders Podcast on Instagram. Until then, I'll see you on the next episode.